Hello to my, all my guys, gals, and non-binary pals of audio podcast land, and welcome to another exciting episode of Tavern Tales, a Dungeons & Dragons 5th edition actual play podcast. I am your dungeon master, Mikey, who you can follow all over the social medias at various iterations of Pop Culture Geek. You can also follow all of us collectively at Vibe Tribe Productions, where season two is off to a strong start, where we have, at this time, we have a lot of episodes from all our projects being released out into the wild. So make sure to give us a download and a subscribe. Make sure to follow us on the socials and the YouTubes and wherever you can find your favorite podcast at. Oh, man, I'm so excited that all these are being released to the world see what kind of shenanigans we get up to but as always i am joined by my amazing cast of players so we're going to go around do some introductions real quick and then we're going to jump straight into the action tonight so eeny meeny miny mo just because they're the first on my screen casey you shall be the first to go hey everyone it's casey i play a show or showgram i am a shifter bard and I also play in another one of the games we've going on here. So hopefully we'll have a good night tonight. Let's have fun. That we will. Next to give their introduction is going to be Jace. How's it going? I'm Jace or JC Vanguard. I'm playing Holden Door, the Earth Genasi. It's going to be fun. I'm also stuck in a rock, so someone could... Uh, great. Leave him in the rock would be hilarious, which we'll get into why he's stuck in a rock currently. But joining us back again, because they both missed last session. So it's been a while since we've heard from them. But we're going to start with John. Hi, my name's John. I'm affectionately known as The Professor, depending on which podcast you're listening to. I'm on a whole host of things here at The Vibe Tribe. So go check those out. There's some great ones. And I um, yeah, I'm a character called Hodir, who is a gnome rogue, who is an adorable idiot, at least so far. Has a long and strange backstory, which we may or may not get into at some point, which I'll talk about. And I'm excited. I'm not good at playing a rogue. I've never played a rogue before. I think I've said that in a previous podcast. So I'm learning how rogues work, and it's been really exciting. So that's me. And of course, last but certainly not least to joining us tonight is Dakota. Hey, I am Dakota Orishira. I'm playing Azur Loon. The, oh God, what's my race? I'm a, oh, I'm a tiefling. Tiefling sorcerer. You can also find me here on Call of the Deep, Academy, Crystal City, and Duskvale. Dakota is involved in a lot of projects. <laughs> in a You're in a few, but it's always a good time. Unfortunately, we are missing three of our players tonight for a variety of reasons. We, are, but make sure you go give some love to our other players first and foremost. We're definitely missing our, as we dub them, our Tinkerton of the group, Alonzo, which is played by the amazing Chris, aka Papriku. Follow him all over the socials. We are also unfortunately missing our lovely Swedish friend Mikael, who plays short stack our barbarian oh man i'm so excited for short stack short stack's gonna be a lot of fun through this campaign and last but certainly not least tonight we are unfortunately missing bella who plays our lovely ingrid our fighter of the group but make sure that you go show them some love in the reviews all sorts of stuff but with those introductions out of the way let's hop into our bit of the recap 
So last time on Tavern Tales, we began our campaign proper where we had half of our cast on the road over to the small little lakeside village, city, whatever you want to call it, of Lake Azure, where they were tasked to make sure that this little carnival that they were heading to was on the up and up by a mysterious benefactor. There was quite a lot of shenanigans. There were some questionable meat sticks that were eaten. There was a mechanical bull ride. There were a couple outhouses that may or may not have been quarantined afterwards. <laughs> Due to some failed constitution checks. And then we t- ended up kind of making our way over to the circus tent where due to some, un- I don't want to say unfortunate circumstances, but through some last minute changes, our players found themselves being asked by the ringmaster to step in and to be performed during the show for the circus. Now, it was a great time. There was a lot of successes, though we made one act particular. It did not go the way that they had hoped, but it was still entertaining nonetheless. And then, of course, one of our lovely players got to show off their emceeing skills throughout the whole thing. It was an amazing time. But we ended the episode where, after celebrating in the back, our lovely Hodir, who is stuck in the stone, did see a young girl just staring off into the distance at the group before making her way off somewhere else. And that is where we left off. So we're going to rewind a little bit. <laughs> I'm, stuck, I'm stuck in the stone or someone else is stuck in the stone. Oh, no, not Hodir. I'm sorry. You just freaked me out. <laughs> Sorry, the other H name. The other H name, hold on, is stuck in the stone. You are not. But speaking of Hodir, we're actually going to rewind a little bit because simultaneously as this adventure was happening, the other half of our party was making their way to the same location after they were given a bit of a task to go collect some supplies real quick before heading over. So... On the opposite end of Lake Azure, we find the rest of our lovely party kind of making their way over to the carnival. So technically, this is the first introduction to these characters. So John and Dakota, I'm going to have you guys when I call on you. You're going to give us a brief description of your characters, what they look like, all that kind of stuff. And then... What is their initial thought right now as they're walking along? John, we're going to start with you. Introduce your character for us. Sure. Hodir is a gnome rogue. And Hodir, always always a thief, always was doing roguish things. And was actually called upon to be an assassin at one point. And totally messed it up and didn't do what Hodir was supposed to do. And if we end up telling that backstory out loud, it's funnier in the moment than it is just me giving you exposition. But has found his way through life just trying to be cooler than he is and still doesn't know what it's like to be himself. Hodir's only gnome, so three feet tall, average gnome height, would rather be witty and funny than actually be brave and confrontational, but doesn't really walk away from fights. So we might see a little bit of that. There's a few backstory history things that I'm toying with, and we'll see if those actually come up. I will say that in my head, Hodir has beautiful, gorgeous hair, which I don't have, just because it makes me feel better to know that one of us has it. 
That's about it. <laughs> oh my gosh, I love that. You do have amazing facial hair, though, John. So that is something I mean, that this, I, do I did luck out. Like this, this looks pretty good on me. I just, I wish I wasn't bald at twenty-two. Oh, that, that is actually quite sad. <laughs> I was going bald. I was going bald for a long time, and I had hair down to my collarbone, and I was still going bald because I wouldn't deny it. Yeah, I looked like a, I looked like a clown wig for a long time. It was brutal. <laughs> a clown wig. <laughs> I'll find you some oh pictures. God. It was not great. I tried to do everything. I was not meant to be. Oof. I look forward to those whenever I get them. So, oh dear. Obviously, as you are walking down this road, you are not alone. Because <laughs> you are joined by your other compatriot. So, Dakota, why don't you introduce your character to everyone? And just, uh, yeah, I'll let you take it from there. All right, quick question. What season is it? That is a very excellent question. So right now, it is currently, we are in the midst of the red moon cycle, so Rub rubrum season, so it is okay. currently spring. So Asir is a currently red-tinged tiefling. Changes with the moon cycle. About five foot eight, wearing a nice long white robe. His eyes are... They don't really have an iris, they're just pure white circles. Wearing a silver circlet on his head with a little red gem in the middle. I don't know what it is, but it's there. Currently, really considering how we got to this point, at least I have company. But, yeah, yeah, really considering how we've gotten here. Okay, since you bring it up, let's, let's, go, let's get into a little background, shall we? For the listening audience and for these two characters... If you listen back to our character creation episode, we established some uh, previous bonds between multiple characters here. And these two in particular have an interesting one. To answer your question, how did we get here? It's a funny thing that you ask, right? So here's what had happened, right? So initially, this, the seven of you were tasked to go to this carnival and you were tasked by a mysterious benefactor to make sure that this carnival was on the up and up. However, our, how do we put this? The first half of the group, which consisted of Show and Holden and Ingrid, as well as Alonzo, were t sent ahead while the three that remained, so that would be you, Hodir, Ashir, and Shortstack, you guys were tasked with collecting some supplies in town and then making your way over. So basically, you were given a shopping list. So just pick up a couple of things that your benefactor has asked you, and those things just include basic stuff like rope, explorer packs, mess kits, just the kind of normal adventure stuff. Wait, so I'm three feet tall, dragging a bag that's probably my size behind me, filled with stuff? You got a Absolutely. Great. You got it. Buddy. Per perfect. <laughs> I believe in you. Yeah, so the three of you are just walking along this road, and uh, you have a little bit of ways to go. It's about a. T from where you're currently at, you got about, eh, I'll say 15, 20 minutes before you reach your destination. Right. But okay. I'm going to let you guys go for it. So you're just walking along this road, just taking in the nice spring weather as you see the lake in the distance but uh, you have a little bit of time before you get there so i'm gonna just let y'all go for it 
Do we know the name of the mysterious whatever it was that told us to go check out a carnival? So, <laughs> the group I'm, as itself was... Oh, go ahead, sorry. I only asked because I want to know the name that I'm cursing as I'm walking back. Oh yeah, no problem. <laughs> so, you all received... So, as you were given... You were given this by, I guess, the assistant of the benefactor. But the benefactor themselves, when you read their request letter, it was just labeled with... Sir, with the Sir F at the end of it, so it's just the letter F. There's not a full name. There's no first last name. It's just F. F the dude. Sorry, I was taking notes. Cool. I'm going to be pulling a bag that is probably my size or a little bit bigger, filled with whatever the hell supplies we picked up, and I'm trying to do it comfortably, but it's not working. So I'm just dragging and pulling a rope. That's too much. And the bag just moves like six, inch- six inches every time I yank it. If no, but none of you helping, you're just gonna let me struggle with that. So I'm just like kicking like the bag because it's not moving. You've got it. I, I don't got it. I'm kicking the just. No, you I'm gonna have kick- definitely got it. <laughs> I can see it starting to budge. I'm gonna run behind the bag and shove it from that side. And there's just dust kicking up and. My face is getting red, and that's all the stupid things I do for money. For the stupid guy doesn't even have a name. Just come to the camera. I'm just gonna keep cursing the bag as I shove it. The name was F. Who the, whose name is F? Really? Your name is F. I think it has to do something with anonymity, but. No, I understand, but if your name is F, like, you can't even tell us who you're... And I get really mad and shove the bag, but the bag probably moves too much, and I fall over. Yes, it does, and you know what? Let's just make this fun. I knew <laughs> you were moving it. Oh, boy. Oh, dear, why don't you make me an... Ath- Let's see how bad this is gonna get. Make me an athletics check. Oh, door, oh, dear. Shit. Hang on. Athletics is... Well, that's a nine. Oh, buddy. Okay, so here's what happens, right? Oh, why don't you tell me what happened? Exactly. So, Hodir, as for the most part, you keep a cool head when it comes to the important stuff. But just granted that you basically became somebody's shopping assistant before heading over. As you push over this bag and uh, you're just being exacerbated. The bag does fall over, but it's one of those things where as you push the bag over, your foot gets caught in like the straps of the bag and kind of ties it up. And as you're exacerbated, you end up like getting tied up (laughs) into the bag handles and just end up getting tied and falling to the ground just on a full thud. (laughs) And now you're just staring up at the sky as oranges and things like that just slowly roll out of the bag that you (laughs) pushed over. I'm going to try and act like I meant to do that and shake off the dust, (laughs) like cough awkwardly for a minute or two, and then look inside the bag, and I have a feeling I didn't realize what was inside the bag. Can you tell me what's inside the bag? Hold on, let me roll this real quick to see what was in the bag. There's a joke coming up. (laughs) Okay, so outside of the bits of oranges that did roll out of the bag when it tipped over... As you reset the bag and you take a look to make sure everything is still in there. Besides the oranges, there was 
There were a couple, and the key word being, there were some eggs that now have been cracked all over the bag. And then there, they just spilled over some of the pieces of parchment that you also picked up as well. And uh, they also made the eggs have spilled all over like the extra set of clothes that you were asked to pick up as well. So it was like you literally just had you literally just had you have a scrambled eggs all up in this bag. It was like that when we got it. <laughs> the old fell off the truck excuse. I'm going to say I'm going to try and ignore that and just retie the bag and gain my composure and then just slowly start yanking the bag six inches at a time as we walk down this path. You're doing a great job with that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Why come it's so easy for you? How come? What is in your bag? Why is mine so heavy? That's a great question. Mikey, can I open up my bag? Yeah, you could definitely open your bag, and then I can tell you what's inside of it. Uh, not like fucking flowers or something, dude. Okay. So, let's see. Oh, this is funny. So, a seer, as you open up your, as you open up your bag, inside of your bag, I guess the heaviest item you have in there is maybe some like a stick of butter that has been wrapped up but as you take a look at the rest of your bag all the stuff is very light there's like maybe some like a bedroll of some sort a little bit of rope but a lot of this is very lightweight material stuff and you just look at your bag you look at ho deers and look back at yours and you're just like but your bag is, just by visual observation, your bag is definitely lighter than your compatriots. Yes. I've got a lot of butter. Why did they uh, give you that one? Uh, me this one. They knew you could handle it. I got so stupid F in the circus. I'm just going to keep like, making noise. Look at how noises. well you're moving. We've gone a solid 15 feet since the beginning of this conversation. I'm just going to keep getting angry at the bag and yanking it as we walk, probably sweating and gross. But you're sweaty and gross. I'm fine. Exactly. Press the digitation on myself real quick. <laughs> that is so beautiful. <laughs> so, you two, along with Short Stack, as the three of you continue on your journey, what should relatively take you about 10 to 15 minutes just doubles a little bit to 20 to 30 given the fact that certain are they party members... <laughs> are they just slowly walking, watching me struggle, and not helping me? <laughs> I thought it was just me being a dick. Are there more people <laughs> being dicks? Short Stack well, is there. We don't know what Short Stack's carrying. Here's the thing. So Short Stack is probably carrying the heavier stuff, given that by, def by default he's the barbarian, so he's got like all the actual heavier duty stuff, and you just see him like holding onto bags. It's okay, so... For the listening audience and my players, right? So I am Mexican and Puerto Rican, so my Latino audience will understand this. You know how when you go grocery shopping with your parents and there's like multiple bags, but you also learn that it's better to just do one trip? So the equivalent of that is that you two see Short Stack with just like rows of bags on his arms while carrying the crate. So he's carrying eight to ten things and he's walking along like it's nobody's business. Can I see... I'm eventually going to get tired of this. I'm going to take a minute and I'm going to breathe. I'm going to look at Shortstack, who I assume is just powering through all of this. And I'm going to try and stealthily 
tie mine to short stack and see if short stack even notices the extra weight. Okay. So we're going to roll a post. I want you to do sleight of hand and then I will roll for <laughs> So I'm standing perception, next to you, right? Yes. Can I roll too? Okay. Sure. What is your intention though? Yeah. I just want to see if I see him do it. Okay. So this is how we're going to do. Oh dear, you will roll sleight of hand and I will let you choose. I guess perception would work, but if you want to use insight, you can. And I will roll for perception I'm, for I'm short stack. We'll do perception. And I rolled pretty well. All right. So, Hodir, what did you end up getting for your sleight of hand? Oh, not great, but a 14. I mean, it definitely beat short stack's perception of a 7. <laughs> hey, all right. I got a 23. Jesus. <laughs> okay, so this is how it. So this is how the sequential order of things go. So because short stack is powering through with all of the rest, the majority of the stuff, he's just preoccupied with powering through. So, Hodir, you successfully are able to take your mushy bag now that the eggs have broken a little bit and you managed to put it and tie it to short stacks. So that way short stack ends up (laughs) carrying it and he's just in the zone where he doesn't hear the uh, the eggs just sloshing around in the bag. Ashir, you, as you are carrying your bag, you totally see <laughs> Oh dear, tie his bag to short stack and then is just walking along freely as you are carrying yours. So I will let you do with that information as you see fit. <laughs> I'm just going to raise an eyebrow as you come back. That's it. <sighs> just an eyebrow. Feels so much better now. Ah, I'm gonna walk yeah, with pride. Bet. I'm gonna but walk with pride right? right away from short stack. Not where he can see me anyway, but Okay. I'm glad you feel so much better about this. The bag was heavy, and we want to get there in some timely fashion, and I'm easily holding you all back. This is great. Uh, but do you think that was fair? I think it would be fair if you took my bag. Then you would not have a bag. Yeah, but I've been hauling this for so long. But your bag is filled with butter. Among other things, just a lot of butter. Just think, it would be so much better suited for you. Since you had so many, you were having so much fun with the other bag. How heavy is your bag? It's just got a butter, right? Yeah, it's not heavy. Here. I'll take the bag. Go ahead. Uh No, I was going to say, as you take the bag, Asir was was telling the truth. It's not it's definitely not as heavy as the other bag you were carrying. This one's a little bit lighter. And as you take a look at it, I mean, there is a lot of sticks of butter in there, as well as some rope and some lighter items that don't weigh too much. But yeah, that is the contents of this bag that Asir was carrying. Look at how much better suited this is. That's not so bad. Okay, sure. So I'll carry the bag. I'll walk around and carry the bag. That's fine. This worked out well for me. (laughs) The fact that you... Oh my goodness, that was so beautiful. You maneuvered your way to not carry anything. I love this dynamic already. (laughs) Okay. So, the three of you, now that everyone's being able to... Most of Two out of the three are carrying the rest of the stuff, while one of you is just walking along. 
But after some time, the three of you make your way and you find yourself at the back entrance of this carnival. So as you come over the hillside. Now, I say in the distance, but it's like maybe a two, three minute walk from the top of this hill. You are coming alongside the backside of this carnival, which is nestled by the beautiful kind of crystal clear blue lake next to the said carnival. And this is an indication that you three have reached your destination of Lake Azure. So this is where you and the rest of your compatriots were tasked to visit this carnival to see if it's on the up and up. But you three have come the back way. So you're towards the back entrance, which is closer to the circus tent and what looks to be some smaller tents preoccupying the back of the giant big top that you can see from the distance. And as you three walk your way down the hill, within about a couple of minutes, you find yourself situated (laughs) at the back end of the carnival. So as you get closer to where the smaller tents are, the three of you notice a small human figure. She looks to be about 10 years old. This is a human child, essentially. But more importantly, what kind of sticks out to you all is that you see a small fuzzy little creature kind of nestled by her side it's got this lovely kind of gray kind of color scheme going on with what looks well at first looks to be fur but you also swear that you could manage to see a fur and feathers kind of alternating within this little creature i would like all of you to roll me a nature check to see if you know what this is <laughs> So, Asir and Hodir, you roll me a nature check, please. I got a 13. 11. Okay. So, both of those would be enough. As you continue to study this little creature next to this young girl, you two definitely, through your various travels and through some other means, given your previous lives, so to speak, The two of you know that this little creature that is nestled up against this young girl happens to be a young owl bear. Yeah, so fun fact, there is a subclass for the ranger that is an owl bear tamer in this game, and I'm using that for this NPC. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah, so as you get closer, this young girl, she notices you and the young owl bear as just stares at you and then immediately runs behind this little girl, kind of peeking its little head out behind her. Kind of what a scared little puppy does when you're introducing it to new company. It like hides behind the owner and just sticks out because it's curious to see what it is. How big is the owl bear? So now I say this is a young owl bear, but given of how big in D&D lore they can grow up to, think of this young owl bear as the size of I will Me? say, think of is it the same <laughs> size as Hodir. I mean, anything is about to be the same size and or bigger of Hodir. <laughs> think of 
So in terms of scale, think of the young owl bear as the size of a full grown like German shepherd. Oh, damn. This thing's huge to me. OK. And this is just a baby. Can you imagine when it becomes a full adult? But yes, you, you have this German shepherd sized owl bear cub just like peeking its head out as the young girl is just patting its head. She's reaching behind and just comforting it. And she looks up at you and says, can I help you? I'm going to look down at my little friend here who is doing things. Uh, I missed it. What did you say? I'm sorry. <laughs> this young girl, she just asked what she is. There anything like, how can I help you? Oh, that was it. And, okay, sure. Okay. Yeah, I'm going yeah. to hand. I'm going to offer my bag to short stack and see if short stack takes it because uh, we've stopped. Yeah, I'm so, going to be polite. I'm going to say, hey, hold this for a second. Short set just takes it without any. <laughs> so he's just holding on to it. Cool. I'm going to walk up to the girl and I'm going to say, oh, hey, are you uh, do you work here? Do you know who's running this uh, this carnival? Yes, I work here in a sort of sense. And yes, I do know who is running the carnival. But may I ask? Who wants to know? And I don't mean that in a very disrespectful way. It's just as a traveling circus, it's kind of weird that people seek us out more, ask us questions and things like that. But may I ask who's asked who wants to know? Oh, I, my name is Harry. And these are my two friends, Dave and Carl. And I we and I'm going I'm going to say. We were asked to meet a friend here and get some supplies, and uh, this was a local uh, place, reasonably, and they wanted to check it out. So we're trying to run into some friends of ours who might also be partaking in your carnival. Oh, dear. Why don't you first make me a deception roll? <laughs> Something tells me it wasn't a great roll. Hang on. I want to see if I have anything to let me re-roll it. Oh, no. <laughs> Is this... What was the roll? I'm having him roll deception. <laughs> Can I assist with this? I am proficient in deception. Okay, so how are you assisting Hondir here? We just had a meeting with a cult. So we're really worried. <laughs> Don't rogues have luck or anything like that? Do I just not have it yet at a level one? You Not at level one. You'll get like the change things into tens or whatever later. So I got an eight. But did you was that with advantage yeah because okay. you have i was gonna say you have advantage because asir is assisting you because he is proficient in a deception as well so roll again roll oh I'll just roll a random 10 then yeah <laughs> so roll again and then you're gonna use the higher result oh <laughs> better than an eight where to go where to go you said deception yeah that's a 19. Yeah, that's way better. That's way better. Oh, thank you for that. <laughs> so you mentioned a cult, right? <laughs> gotcha. Okay, so thanks to this wonderful tag team, this young girl, normally people would be afraid when you mention a cult. She just eyes and she's just, whoa. So remember, she is 10. So she's, whoa. I was like, I never met anyone from a cult before. That's crazy. How do you feel about the moon? I have so many questions. And I always wonder, I was just like, what's better, the moon or the stars? The moon. The stars. 
Wow. I like the moon very well. I just recently saw somebody who looked like they were into stars. Uh, it's Wait okay a- to be wrong sometimes. Wait a minute. And you see her kind of pull out of her little side satchel she has on her belt loop. And she's hold on. And she pulls out a little book and flips through it. She looks at you guys. She looks at the book. She looks at you again. And then she looks at the book and her eyes go wide and closes it. Ah, okay. All right. This is good. This is good. And as she puts the book back in her little side satchel, she looks at the three of you and says, you must be the other half of Mr. F's acquaintances that are got sent here. Okay. I'm I'm going to jump a little, trying to not be excited and go, F, the F guy. Yes. F told us. Yes, yes, F, that guy. F, that guy. I love that. All right. There's there's a comma there. F, comma, that guy. (laughs) We love to see it. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. So this young girl, she just gets ecstatic. And she's, oh, okay. so remind me. So remind me your names again. You're. Dave, uh, as she points to you, ho dear, I'm sorry. What's your name again? I'm Harry. Okay, so Harry. And this and is then Dave. She... I'm Dave. <laughs> and that's Carl. Now, is that Carl with a C or Carl with a K? I just want to make sure. At the same time, one of us says with a C and one of us says with a K. Yep, that's exactly what happens. Stick Oh, okay. So it's like one of those double consonant kind of things. Okay. <laughs> K-C-A-R-L. <laughs> Perfect. I'm just writing this down because until she is told otherwise, the three of you will be known as Harry, Dave, and K- Carl. <laughs> no, it's just Carl. It's just Carl. The C is silent. I love that it's that it's <laughs> it has the extra syllables to it. This is K-K-K-Carl. Fucking comboing out here. I love it so much. So as she memorizes and she begins pointing and you see her repeating the name so she gets it into her memory. She's like, oh, it would probably be a good idea if I introduce myself. I'm sorry. She reaches out her hand to first to you, Asir, and says, oh, my name is Zeline. And this right here, as she pets her little owl bear. This is Chunk. Oh my god. I'll shake her hand and then go to pet the thing. I'll stop and look at the this lady for permission before I pet the thing. Celine just nods her head yes, and then she walks over to Chunk, and she, you see her kneel down. It's like, all right, Chunk. I'm like, it's okay. These are friendly folks. So Sorry. remember what... I mean, she doesn't know that. It's just like, these are friendly folks. And she just helps guide the shy little Chunk over as Chunk sniffs your hand a little bit and then proceeds to lick it and then run around you as Seer. Hell yeah. I'm going to hesitate a little because Chunk is much larger than me. I'm going to run back to the bag and I'm going to pull out one of the shirts that has a bunch of egg and crap on it. And then I'm going to close the bag and then walk, come back to the owlbear name chunk. Okay, sure. You're let, you're let me keep going. I'm going to hold it out and see if the bear, owl, owlbear smells it or notices it or enjoys it like a toy. <laughs> you literally turned it into a chew toy. I love it. 
Hold up, let me see. So Chunk actually has his own stats. <laughs> ah. So let's see what Chunk does. Damn, Chunk, that was a high roll. <laughs> oh dear, as you hold up the egg-soaked <laughs> shirt slash towel thing, Chunk kind of scampers over to you a little bit, smells the shirt, and then like pouches down with his little butt wig- wiggling in the air, and then takes the shirt from you and then runs around with it like a little chew toy. Love it. And I'm just going to let the chunk have the shirt and be like, that's his now. Eh, go ahead. Take it. It's so adorable. So while Chunk is playing with his newfound chew toy, Zeline kind of looks at the few and is like, wait a minute. Sir F said that there were six of, uh, there were seven. Oh, and she has that light bulb moment. It's like, you must be the other three. That I was looking for, we had some, we had four weirdos show up. I say weirdos, but they did a splendid job. They actually were performing in the big top. But then, and you see her kind of mentally and you visually see her eyes moving around as she's like slowly putting two to two together. (laughs) And she's, oh, so those four weirdos must be with you. Okay. Now that that totally makes sense. I was trying to figure out why I was definitely trying to figure out why. Richie asked for four random people in the audience to perform. Okay, that makes a lot of sense now. Anyways, and she stops herself from continuing on with talking to herself and turns to you. Your friends are currently at the big top. They just got done performing in the circus. Yeah, you must be a very talented bunch because I say everyone did great. One person got stuck in a stone, which, by the way, they're still trying to work on him right now to get him out. So maybe you three help with that. And a stone? What? Yeah. Do you mean he's in the stone or he turned into a stone or now he's like a rock? Okay, so it's like it's one of those things where I know where he was going with it, but he got distracted a little bit. He was trying to pass through a stone using magic, but the duration cut ended at the wrong time. And he found himself, he's in one piece, but head and upper body is on the front half of this boulder and his legs are just dangling out of the back half of said boulder. So he's, he melted with the boulder and we have to get him out. Ah, that sounds hilarious. How does that even, how do you, I have to see this. I have to go. I have to go find this right now. And I'm going to start walking towards the carnival, laughing like he turned into a rock. He's got a one of the- Yeah, Celine, along with Chunks, like, if you three are ready, you can leave your stuff here. I'll have one of the stagehands move everything to a safe location. But if you three are ready, I can take you to the big top to meet your friends. So I'm, I'm assuming I'm, you I'm already you go walking. With her. I'm yeah. already going for it. <laughs> Is the owl bear following me or the owl bear following them? So Zeline's leading you and the owl bear is walking beside the three of you with the okay. t-shirt still in its mouth. It, you three have become its new friends, so it wants to stay close to you. Love it. Hell Perfect. yeah. What if we kidnap this lady's owl bear? <laughs> How wrong is that? I don't know if you want to steal I mean, a 10-year-old. Yeah, it's fucked up. But, like... <laughs> but it's an owl bear. That's one way to do it. The other thing is you could ask her if she wants to come with you guys later, but there are multiple ways to approach this scenario. Uh, but I'm only that's interested fair. in the Albert. That's fair. That's fair. We can address that when we get to it. But right now, Chunk loves you three. 
And potentially kidnapping an owl bear will be addressed when we get to it. Fair. So, as you three, along with Zeline and Chunk, you guys make your way through what seems to be a row of small tents aligning both sides of the path to the big top. And as you look around, you can see that there are a couple of individuals hanging around the tents. You see a couple of people what look to be they're like doing juggling tricks. For some reason, you see a bearded lady just brushing her beard a little bit. You see some clowns playing a game of poker. And you get the sense that this is probably the quarters of where all the performers stay since they're in town. So this is like their this is like their Olympic village, but with the uh, with circus folk. So this is where all the performers are sleeping and all that stuff. So think of this as a quote unquote carnival row, if you will. <laughs> Which, by the way, as a side note, I'm sad. We only got two seasons. It was so good. <laughs> That's fair. I'm going to look through the, the all the performers and stuff. I'm going to see if there's anyone that looks like a gnome. Is there anyone that's a gnome like me? I will let you know right now. Go ahead and roll me a perception check real quick. 13. Not great. But that is good enough. Hodir, as you're walking along with the rest of your company and you're looking around at this carnival row at the various tents these performers are staying at, that as you're passing one of these tents, three individuals just what look to be practicing some sort of gymnastics routine. You immediately notice two taller individuals. They look like twins that are just flipping around doing some backflips. And then you notice a third individual who's yelling out commands and words to have them practice. And sure enough, this is another gnome. She is about about your height with uh, like auburn hair bundled up into a ponytail. So to say, just imagine that these three individuals are like in the equivalent of what would be like a 1930s like swimsuit attire, like the striped swimsuit. <laughs> the barbell guys? Hup, 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 yeah, hup, like the hup, literal, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> cool. So yeah, so you notice a female gnome as she's shouting commands at these two t- twins as they are doing a variety of backflips and other gymnastic moves. <laughs> Interesting. I'm just, I'm not going to say anything to them yet. I'm just going to clock that they are there and I'm going to keep walking through the group of carnival folk. Sure. <laughs> All right. So it doesn't take you guys long to get to the big top. And as you approach, obviously, when we're describing the big top, it's your very stereotypical large performance tent in the traditional red and white stripe kind of circus tent attire and material. And Zeline and Chunk open the tent a little bit. And as you three peer in, that in front of you seems to be the backstage area of the circus where there's a bunch of boxes and a bunch of props. You notice that there's a lot of other performers as well as a couple other circus animals just walking about throughout the tent. But as the three of you scan the area, you see a little bit of ways deeper inside of the tent four familiar looking individuals And (laughs) you know that these are your other compatriots. And as the three of you look closer, that... How do I even describe this? 
Until you get a closer look, Alonzo show and Ingrid kind of standing around what looked to be a boulder and a pair of legs hanging out of said boulder. But you can't see who's stuck inside of boulder unless you guys get closer <laughs> from where you are at. But you do notice the rest of your party, as well as a giant boulder with a pair of legs sticking out and just like hanging there <laughs> and just kicking up and down. I'm going to run up to the boulder with legs and I'm going to start climbing it, looking for the face of the human or creature in the boulder. And the whole time I'm giggling. This is legs in the rock, this thing. How do you get stuck inside the rock? <laughs> okay. So Hodir just completely jets towards this site. Uh, here. I'm assuming you're, chase you're going into. I'm going to take that as yes. <laughs> okay. So. Simultaneously, as this is happening, show and Holden, you hear the familiar. How do I put this nicely? You hear the familiar diction and word choice of your dwarven friend and show you see this as you see. Oh, God. As you see, Hodir just climb on top of this giant boulder and within a short moments. Holden, you see peering in front of you, just putting his face upside down for the top of the boulder. You are now face to face with uh, Hodir as Hodir that your your druid friend has found themselves stuck in this boulder. So I'm gonna I'm gonna let you guys go from there. <laughs> I'm not going to get right in the face, but I'm gonna be close and I'm gonna say, oh, wait a minute, are you stuck in this thing? I would say I'm very much stuck in this thing, yes. How do you... How, I don't even... This is amazing! You're in a rock! That must be incredibly painful! No, I can merge with stone. I am one with stone. It's fine. It's just... If no one will hand me my juridic focus, I could get myself out. But no one seems to have want to help. They just want to laugh and laugh. I'm laughing, but this is incredible! You guys, are you seeing this? And I look at everyone else and point to the rock like it's a brand new discovery. The show has extended far beyond the circus. Enjoy, as we are, for the last 20 minutes. 20 minutes? You've been stuck in a rock for 20 minutes? And nonstop has our friends been laughing at us. I hope you don't take it personal. This just isn't something you see every day. I get it. I make big show. It's just... Does this happen? Like you get stuck in rocks? Or is this brand new? Like, no, never no, I would think it was performance anxiety that gave me the issue of being stuck in stone. Ah. No, normally, I can pass through stone like nothing and just walking through air, just walking. But I think it was performance anxiety. I was trying to do a trick, and that trick turned into me stuck here. So instead of helping, they left. That's what it is. I'm starting to feel bad for you, and I don't want to feel bad. I want to laugh at you. Everybody, look don't, at the rock! Don't feel bad for the rock. The rock rocks. I like the way you think. Yes, yes, we get it. I rock. Oh my goodness! I'm gonna jump off. I'm gonna jump off the rock, and I'm gonna try to push the rock, and I make similar sounds as to when I was pulling the bag. Okay, so you're trying to, you're literally trying to Katamari your druid friend. <laughs> May I remind you, this rock is three or four times bigger than you, my friend. There. 
That sounds like a challenge. I'm going to get a running start and try to drop kick the rock. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. I will. So you're going <laughs> to. Let's see how well this goes. Oh, okay. So, Hodir, go ahead and roll me a athletics. You, uh, roll me an athletics check. <laughs> That's an eight. <laughs> Damn. Okay. All right. So. I imagine this happening. So, Hodir, as you back up a little bit and you get into the position, you begin to get a running start as you flail your little dwarven arms as fast as they can muster along with your feet. And as you jump up at the moment to drop kick the (laughs) boulder, you end up getting into midair. However, you miscalculate how close you needed to be to make that jump kick work. And so as you you jump a little too early and as you go to jump kick this thing, you end up just whiffing the air and just falling flat on your back, just mere inches away from the boulder. So it's like the equivalent of Lucy pulling Charlie Brown's football out of the way. <laughs> Are you all right, my friend? Ah, I'll be fine. And you could totally say no to this. Can I roll performance to see if the crowd laughs? Yes, please do. Technically, there are some other performers there in the back. That wasn't worth it. It was a seven. <laughs> or I knew it. Not so much that they're lap. Okay, so as you make this big commotion, it's like one of those things where everyone just, it's like one of those things when something happens, everyone stops what they're doing. It grows like, awkwardly quiet they stare at you for about a couple of seconds and they're like not judging you they're just like what is wrong with this person and then they go back to doing what they were doing they're like huh i'm gonna crawl back on the rock and i'm gonna get up there and i'm going to say that is the extent of my abilities i'm afraid you're stuck so i don't know i don't know how to help you if someone is able to get my druidic focus, I would be fine. I can get myself out. But like I say, they laugh so hard they can't reach. And part of it is that no one knows what his druidic focus is, but he, and he hasn't given us that information, so we decided to just continue laughing for as long as possible. Oh, so we're laughing because we don't know what your focus is. That is unfortunate. What is your druidic focus? It's the ruby on my neck that looks like a star. Why didn't you ask? Has nobody asked this question? Nobody said anything this whole time? No one is, no one's, this whole time. What do we look like, mind readers? Oh, I mean, I'm... I'm going to look around for the druidic focus on the rock or the neck of this area. Do you want me to roll for that or do I see it? It's a small, it's a small search area, so I'm not going to make you roll for it as you. So comedically, I'm just imagining that this boulder is in the shape of a D20. So you're checking all the faces of it first. <laughs> so as you're checking all like, the faces. I also feel like I'm crawling on it like a spider would like. <laughs> yeah. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Be like, oh, dear, use a spider climb. <laughs> exactly. I mean, it doesn't take you long, but you end up finding. <laughs> So you do find the druidic focus. Somehow it managed its way to another part of the boulder, and it's just sticking out a little bit. But with enough kind of like jiggling it a little bit, you're able to get it out of the stone, and you proceed to head back to 
I guess Hodor's face. Oh, done. Sorry. Okay. You get back to his face. And so, this, 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 this. is it this? Yes, that would be it. If you would put it in my hand and step back about 10 feet, I can get myself out. Okay, where's your hand? Can I just put it in your mouth? You better warn everyone else before I do the thing, then. Ah, okay. They need to step back 10 feet. Okay. Hey, everyone! I'm going to yell from on top of the rock. (laughs) Everybody, stand back 10 feet! And I'm going to put the thing in Hodor. Hodor? Holden's mouth. I'm going to go, then I'm going to drop it in the mouth, and then I'm going to jump off the boulder like it's exploding, even though it's not. I'm going to cast Earth Tremor on the boulder to snap it. Okay. So, as so as you cast Earth Tremor, in the process, you're able to start breaking the boulder, and eventually you get out. But for everybody else that is witnessing this, you just feel the tremors in the ground begin to... You feel the ground begin to vibrate a little bit, and you feel a bit of the vibrations kind of shake a little bit, but not enough to where all of you are knocked down, so to speak. And after a short while, you all just see this boulder begin to crack until it eventually dissipates. And as the quote-unquote dust and rubble of the boulder begin to dissipate, you all see that your friend is no longer stuck in the boulder and is now back on his own two feet. And he is no longer stuck in the stone, as hilarious as that was. As as Holden's dusted off. I guess you would call me Excalibur. I broke from the stone. That's a funny joke. I'm going to walk up to Casey's character. Casey, who's your character's name? I'm sorry. Show. Shem? Show. Like show tag. Oh, show. Sure. I'm going to walk up to show and I'm going to say, no one thought of putting the thing in his hand, in the mouth or the face for this whole time? Possibly, but it was more fun seeing him struggle when he's out of a rock. He has quite the character. So I'm not denying that. That was fucking hilarious. That's amazing. You saw me. That was great. I'm going to walk up to Holden, and I'm going to say, Could you do that to me? If you hold my hand, we can walk the stone. Turn me into a rock if I needed you to turn me into a rock? I could hide you in a rock. You could hide me in a rock if I needed you to hide me in a rock? If I need to. I'm going to remember that. You can hide me in a rock. And I'm going to walk away talking to myself, trying to muse on the reasons I might need to be turned into a rock. I could be turned into a rock if I can. Maybe if I can have to that thing. The only thing I can picture is turning you into a rock and launching you into a trebuchet. That's where my mind might have gone. <laughs> we have to get over this wall. Wait a minute. Turn me into a rock. <laughs> I'm also met. Now, this is just the this is just the creative weirdo brain in me too. You turn him into a rock and then you use him as an improvised weapon. <laughs> it's just it's like attack with a garden gnome. <laughs> Dude, there's got to be garden gnome steps somewhere in 5e. There's got to be that. I don't think I can really turn him into rock. I can put him in rock. Don't worry. I have to be holding him when he's doing that. Like I can literally place him inside rock. I'm going to go write this in my notebook, by the way, so I don't forget. (laughs) Do it. I'm writing it in mine, too, because somehow we are going to trebuchet him over a wall. Just because we can. Just because. So we can. We have fun here at Vibe Track. (laughs) All righty. The rule of pool always wins here. Obviously. 
All right. So as you all reconvene, I say reconnect, but you guys have only been apart for two, three hours at this point. It hasn't been that long of a time. Maybe four hours at the most. But as all of you are now back together. Now, Hondir, you, Short Stack, and Asir, you haven't met this individual walking up to you, but for show and Holden, as well as Alonza and Ingrid, walking over towards you, for some of you, is the familiar sight of this very thin, tall, pale elf. Holden and show, obviously, this is Richie, the ringmaster. For the rest of you, you are unfamiliar with this individual. But Richie walks over and says, Ah, I see that you have more compatriots here. Where are my manners? And he takes off the top hat and bows is like, To my new friends, once again, my name is Richie. I am the ringmaster of this lovely circus here. And I have to say, I have to thank your compatriots here because they are quite the performers. They put on a great show and even looks at you specifically, Holden, especially that one. You have a future in comedy, my friend. That was great. I wasn't sure exactly where it was going, but you had the audience stitches. You have a bright future. Thank you for the compliment. And as he puts his top hat back on and looks at you, Holden and Asir with short stack, are you three performers as well? I have been known to do a performance type of thing from time to time, but I'm not saying I'm any good at it. I'm, I am, I, I, I'm going to start looking for words to describe myself and I'm very bad at it. I love that. And so as you get done doing that, for some reason, Richie is in phase by the lack of words. And as you don't do a very good job at describing yourself, Richie remains eye contact with you, Hodir, and is just taken in by your words. Seems that he's Richie is not the brightest bulb in the box right now. He's he's a nice guy, at least. But as you finish, Richie looks over at the seven of you and just just smiles. And says, you all have my gratitude. You definitely you four helped me in a pinch. And if you are friends of said four, I think all seven of you must be decent folks here. Please, obviously, where did I put it? So Richie begins to pat his pockets a little bit. It's like, where did I put it? Let me check. Opens up the vest and starts pulling out like the comical like magician's like long handkerchief as he continues to pull it out. It's not there. Check pulls down his hat. It's like, where'd it go? Pulls out a rabbit. Pulls out, like, pulls out a dove that flies away. Where is it? Pulls out, like, pink ladies' underwear. Oop, that's, nope, you don't need to see that. Sorry. <laughs> Would you say right now that Richie is distracted? Yes. Can I roll with advantage to try and pick his pocket? Okay. I will have you roll, but not at advantage. Damn. All right, that's fine. No, hey. wait. I mean, he's preoccupied. You know what? No. Rule of cool. I will say advantage because technically he is distracted. So we'll see how this goes. So I'll go for his pocket. Sleight of hand? Or stealth? Sleight of hand. Okay. No, sleight of hand. Sleight of hand. So that... Ooh. That's an 18. And that's an 8. 18 wins. (laughs) Okay. You know, I made a chart for this just in case. So let's see. So 
I did because I wasn't expecting this to come into play so soon. It is with Tatis and I can roll with it. So as Richie is going looking for whatever it was he's planning on giving you. Oh, dear, you sneak over and you just as he's distracted, take your little hands and stick inside Richie's pocket. And here is what you managed to take out of his said pocket. So there's a couple of things. So first, and I'm going to you can write this in your notebook. You end up taking five gold out of his pocket. So you just took five gold. You also take two silver pieces. But more importantly, with this 18, you also manage to take out a folded piece of paper of some sort. And those are the things that you end up taking out of Richie's pocket. Excellent. Uh, and then I will return to the seven, hopefully without him noticing. I just end up back in the group. Yeah, with that 18, because he didn't notice you picked the pockets, he won't okay. notice you go returning to the group. So at this time, Richie finally says, ah, here it is, and kind of pulls out a little, what looks to be a, a small little notebook, and opens it up and pulls out what looks to be <laughs> some very crudely made, like, vouchers of some sort this is like the this is essentially the equivalent of what happens when you have a kindergartner write and draw on certain things so these like very poorly made and hands one each hands a voucher to each of you and as all of you take a look at this voucher it just is like the voucher is good for one one meal here at the carnival of some sort granted as you, you, you take a look at this voucher, Richie's just, this is my thanks for putting on such a great performance. And for my new friends, these are just because, eh, your friends are great, so you must be too. Now, if you excuse me, I, what was I going to do? And all of a sudden, from the distance, you just all hear an elephant kind of just blow its trunk. Oh, I need to make sure that the elephants are okay. I swear if that mouse is back again, we're going to have problems. Excuse me one moment. And Richie goes and dawdles off to the other side of the tent to where the elephant trainer and Richie begin to talk and try are checking on the elephant pin and leave all of you to your own devices. So as he as he walks away, I watch him walk away and I look back to the rest of the group and open this voucher that we have and say, wow, a meal. How about we go have more meat on a stick, anyone? Is the meat on a stick any good? Is it good? Is it good? I enjoy it. Your mileage may vary. Mine, it went in, it went out, it went in, and it went out again. In fact, I think it may have to come out again. I'll be right back. I think there's one extra out that did not need to happen there. No, no. It exact. It happened exactly as he described. It was wow. That's tough. That my I'll think about it. Okay. And then <laughs> I will... Did anyone notice? Nobody noticed that I was able to get into his pockets, right? No. Okay. No one... I'm going to... As every, I don't know if everyone's walking or what, but I'm going to try. I'm going to pull myself to the side, and I'm going to open the note and unfold and look at the note quickly. Okay. As everyone's discussing amongst themselves a little bit about their free voucher 
and also watching show dart off to the bathroom yet again. Just, <laughs> oh dear, you unfold the piece of paper real quick to see what it is. So, as you take a look at the note, you see that. So let's see. So as you take a look at this letter real quick. No, you know what? You stole it fair and square. I'm not going to have you roll an investigation on it because you were you rolled high enough to take the note to begin with. So I'm just going to give this information to you free. So as you take a look at this note, that it is a letter which is directed at Richie. And in said letter, it is written in a way which basically, how do I put this? In short, essentially what this letter that you are reading is from some sort of group of investors. And in this contents of this letter, you read that the circus is not doing too great. And Richie has one final chance to try to bring in the cash flow. Otherwise, these investors are going to pull their funding from the circus. And which means they are going to seize some assets. And basically, it's basically if Richie doesn't pull off a spectacular show, the performers will no longer be the performers will no longer be getting paid. Oh, they will be seizing the circus itself as well as some of the assets. And as you take a look at the list of assets, they include obviously the tent, some of the carnival rides, like the actual like food stall tents themselves, not necessarily the equipment. And then as you take a look, these assets also include the elephants, the lions. And then at the very bottom of the list, you also see that one of the assets happens to be Little Chunk the Owlbear himself. And at the very bottom of this letter, that there is a date listed, which is tomorrow, actually, at this time in game. The date is listed tomorrow that Richie has one final performance. The investors will be in the audience tomorrow. And if they do not like the show that Richie puts on, they will seize all of the listed assets and everyone will basically lose their. Not only will they lose their job, but they essentially will lose their home as well. And that is essentially the contents of said letter. You're muted. <laughs> I was muted. That's fine. I was thinking out loud anyway. I'm going to take the letter. How far is, every, is everyone leaving or is everyone still within earshot of me? Everyone is still in earshot, and as you take a look, Zeline and Chunk begin to walk up to the group as well. Okay. And you can, from where you're at, you can see Zeline and Chunk making introductions to basically the rest of the party who has yet to meet her and little Chunk. And so she's just, you can see everyone talking at a distance from where you're at. I'm going to not reiterate everything you just said. But I will take the note and sum it up to whoever is close to me. But I'm not yet saying I'm not yelling it out loud. I'm just going to be like, hey, here's what's happening. Look at this note. Here's the thing that I found. I don't know who's close. Show left. So Holden's here. Short stack is here. Yeah, so Holden. So the show will eventually come back, but he's currently preoccupied on the porcelain throne at the moment. But he'll come back shortly. But right I mean, now, how, how close are they to the outhouse? I might hear through the wall. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> I will say, for the sake of story, you found an outhouse that's like y'all are towards the back end of the tent, anyways, where you walked in. 
and there's like an outhouse right by it. The tent is very thin, so you can hear the conversations. But to your knowledge, oh dear, That's immediately, <laughs> let's see, having, who's um, the closest oh, to you? We're having a party meeting with the outhouse, like next to the <laughs> So I rolled Perfect. the dice. So the closest person to you will actually be, oh, would be Holden. Okay, great. <laughs> So I'll say this all out loud, not trying to be too stealthy, but just so that those among us hear it, not like big voices outside of us. Do we want me to roll for that? Or does that matter? Will you let that happen? No, I'll let that happen. I'll say okay, you're able right. to say this without outside interference hearing it. So, they're trying to take this whole carnival down. They're going to take all the money away. We have to help them. Maybe. I don't know. Do we help them? I'm not sure what I've really wanted. I've told us to come here and check on it. But I don't want to get rid of that. And I'm going to reference Chunk. Look at how cute that thing is. All of you look at all of you look at the little owlbear Chunk, who's now just like rolling around on the ground, uh, cute as possible. And these are carnival people. Like this is all they have. This is all they know. So why do you want to say that again? Why do you want to what? Why do you want to take Chunk? No, I don't want to take Chunk. I'm saying they're going to take Chunk away from the little girl. Can't we take Chunk away from the little girl? We probably could. It's just a little girl. What's going to happen? But they're going to take away everything from these carnival people. And carnival people don't have a lot anyway. Why do you care so much about people that aren't our problem? I don't know if I care. But I'm not doing anything else. What do you got going on? I need to get back to my studies of the stars. I walk out and I heard everything. What did... How do you know this? How do you got, how did you get this information? I may or may not be good at what I do. And I just hold up the folded note letter. So you stole it. I did not. You said that. I just said I'm good at what I do. I have this letter in my hand. And so that's he said, it. He did say no such thing about stealing. The accusations around here. <laughs> I've seen your sticky fingers at work before, my friend. It's a good show, but it's still these, sticky fingers. These are not sticky. You, meet friend, you might have a sticky problem. Not with people in the circus or the carnival or any of the, sh- any of the thing. That's my background. I'm going to protect these people. I don't know about you. What else did you steal? Then let's protect these people. They're going to shut it down. Didn't you hear what they said? They're going to lose everything. Then they can rebuild. We can help them. Can't we? What do they need? They need a show. They need a spectacle. They need to sell tickets. They need to make money. And there's people coming to mall to make sure they do it. I'm not getting in another boulder. You? Go ahead. You'll get in a boulder if you need to get in a boulder. Did you see the cheering? Did you see the money that was thrown in the hat at the end of our show? If anybody can help them, we can. Money, compensation. I have an idea. Throw a book. That's what I more care about. Wait here, book guy. I'll be right back. Don't move. And I'm gonna run out of the tent. And I'm gonna, I'm gonna go. If you'll let me run out of the tent, can I run out of the tent? Yeah, you can run out of the tent. Okay. I'm gonna go running out of the tent, and I'm gonna go looking for the gnome acrobats that I saw earlier. Okay. So. We'll pick back up right there real quick. Let's take a quick break. Give me time to run to the restroom. We'll give it about five, ten minutes or so, and then we'll pick back up where we will begin with this interaction with the gymnast and see what's going to go on with all that. But yeah, so five, ten minutes, and then we'll be right back.
This has been a Vibe Tribe production. Remember, take care of each other, love one another, and as always, keep those good times rolling. We'll see you next time.